Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 128 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, the podcast that brings you backstage as close as you possibly can be, often while the shows are actually happening, to meet the people that make theater happen. Just a quick reminder that you can download and subscribe to this podcast from the Apple Podcast app or from iTunes. That way, your feed will be automatically updated when we release episodes, but you can also listen to us on many other streaming services, such as Stitcher and Google Play. Please rate and review our podcast if you have a spare 30 seconds. Help us uh, get out there to more theater lovers around the globe. It really does help. And now for this week's episode. Christopher Durang is a perfectly popular playwright across the pond. Try saying that a few times. The Tony Award-winning American is well-known for his absurdist plays, where he puts real characters into extreme situations and kind of sits back and sees what happens. But his plays haven't really been done on this side of the Atlantic, uh, and I, for one, really don't know why. Um, I remember reading his hilarious uh, one-act play, Sister Mary Ignatius Explains It All For You, and uh, I just... It, it, it was hilarious. It bowled me over, and, and that got me into his writing, and it was... Um, that play actually was hugely successful off-Broadway, off uh, getting rave reviews, winning awards. It then transferred off-Broadway to the Playwrights Horizon Theater, uh, but this time um, with a new curtain raiser uh, Durang wrote called The Actor's Nightmare. And that brings us very nicely to our guests this week who are presenting a collection of Christopher Durang's short plays, culminating in that fantastic piece, The Actor's Nightmare. Um, and that begins previews tonight, at the Park Theatre tonight, that is the 16th of July, uh, at the Park Theatre here in London. Now, I got to sit down in their rehearsal room with the director, Lydia Parker, and, well, well, pretty much all of the company, including Megan Martin, Leo Christina Ekinlude, Stefan Manuel, and Kate Sumter, to, to talk about getting their hands around playing so many different characters in numerous plays in the same production. Um, the language of Durang, working in the round at the Park 90, and also their very own actor's nightmares. Have a listen. If we go around this way, and um, if you can give me your names and um, and your role on this project. Uh, I'm Lydia Parker. I'm the director. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I'm Stefan Manol, and for the interest of time, I'll just say I'm an actor because we play about five or six or seven roles each in this. So yeah, I'm, I'm one of the company members. Okay. Uh, I'm Kate Sumpter, and I was going to list all the parts, but now Stefan's just hey, you, you totally I'll just show say, them up. Here. I'm an actress as well. <laughs> Megan Martin, also a company member. Uh, Lyle uh, Christina Akinade, and I play several roles, namely Blanche. Okay, excellent. So, already intrigued, as I'm sure that many people who are listening will be. Um, anyone, feel free to jump in at any point. Um, and it's okay to interrupt your director. I will start with you. Yeah. Um, okay, so lots of different parts. Um, yes. Tell me what's happening and what, what are we doing? Well, what we are doing is six short plays by Christopher Durang, but they are all related because they're all about theatre and show business. Okay. And this is the first time they've all been presented together, curated by Megan's company, Three Hearts Canvas. Nice. And, um, yeah, I mean, there are just hilarious comedies. Some of them are, are just sort of farcical mm. comedies about show business. Some of them are parodies, like Medea and Desire Desire is a, is a parody of, well, not just a streetcar named Desire, <laughs> but um, other Tennessee Williams and Eugene O'Neill and other plays. Mm. Um, and then there's, of course, The Actor's Nightmare. Sure, which is what you've... you've called the show. It was presented as the actor's nightmare. So yeah. I, when I did see it, I was like, oh my God, that's going to be a short play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, wow, I hope they, uh, yeah. well, I was like, this is a yeah, really pet up the dance version. Yeah. Um, so, um, so why the actor's nightmare and, and why not one of the other five plays that... Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, because basically it kind of says it all, all of the <laughs> yeah. plays. Our actors' nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. We went back and forth um, a lot with, with the title, and um, for a time we were calling it the actors' nightmare and the other plays, and it just didn't feel right to us because it's important that the piece is cohesive as one evening. Mm -hmm. There's no blackouts. It's not like a typical short play evening where it's short play, short play, short play. We have transitions. We have everything blending together into one, and it just seemed like the actors' nightmare really described all of the pieces. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I mean, it, uh, in preparation for this, I went back, because obviously we, you, the action line is such a, it's one to give it. And I remember, I, I went back and read it this week before I came here, and I, it just still makes me sweat. Yeah. <laughs> Where does the action slider come in the in the um, is it the final piece? Yes, yeah, the final piece oh builds great. up to it, yeah. the grand finale. Yeah. It's great. Because Stefan has the whole show to think about because he plays the main character. He gets to, to wait the entire show yeah. in order to play this incredibly difficult character that he does with very very well. But I mean, you raise a, you raise a good point discreetly. Is that um, with multiple multiple characters on different shows? I mean, how 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 much you know? Um, have you enjoyed the challenge of embracing, let's break it down, it's not just multiple characters in one piece, it's multiple characters in multiple pieces. Mm -hmm. How did you guys approach that as a company or individually? Well, I'd say, I'd speak for myself in saying that I think it's understanding that each part that you are playing is part of a bigger jigsaw puzzle and almost isolating the the intention of that particular character and how they fit how they fit to serve the bigger story and often that helps you um for example I, i've got i think i've got about six or seven accents in this play <laughs> um, so it's it's sometimes you can get your your mind does boggle but mm. essentially 
the more understanding you have of the play, the more things we find, the yeah. easier it becomes, actually. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of compartmentalizing. I think, mm. like, <laughs> I have to just sort of think one, one bit at a time, not even one play at a time, yeah. one, like, okay, I've done this part, now this. And obviously having, like, costume pieces is always helpful. You can transform and... And we did a lot of like table work at the beginning of the rehearsal process and Lydia made sure we thoroughly understood everything, every reference, every character change. Yeah. I think also something that's been helpful for me is like Christopher Durang, especially in these plays, seems to have a very specific rhythm, mm -hmm. um, not just in the text, but also comedically. It's in a comedic world that if when I'm able to kind of tap into it, it's like, Oh, it totally makes sense that I'm about to change into this character, or my character's about to do this drastic change. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like, okay, Kate, let's gear up for this big change. It's like it kind of takes care of itself. If you're, you know, you have to give it a hundred percent because it's very big comedy, and, and some but some of the pieces are more subtle. But um, I find if I'm able to to get into the into the role of it, um, it yeah takes care of itself. I don't have to think about about it as much. Sure. But it was interesting when we were casting it because we, you know, the main thing we said is the actors have to be versatile. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and everybody is extremely versatile, and and it's just such a joy for me to watch everybody just changing roles constantly. Yeah. And doing a brilliant job at it. Um, and when you, you know, it's it's when you come in to the piece. Um, I mean, where where does where does one start? Like, because there are, there are because there's like, where does one start in the rehearsal process? At the beginning. That's what Melinda would say. But, you know. And also one of our characters. That's a yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think what it's been for us is just finding these moments. I think is is the most interesting for me. Is that you know because obviously we're working with such a short all these short pieces, mm -hmm. you know, each moment is in a way almost more valuable than, than, you know, say if you were working on a three hour epic because, you know, you need to get these things across quickly and then you need to get everybody on board. So it's like, mm -hmm. as the clearer that we can make it for ourselves, we like to think the clearer it'll be for the audience. And so it's just been about, you know, going home and, you know, taking the time to be like, right, how can I try different things but without sacrificing clarity? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's been the particular challenge that I've found for this one. I think that can be definitely something that drags something out. It's because the, exactly that word, clarity, when you don't want anything muddy, especially with different pieces, to go, you're snapping into the next thing you're taking on is long. Um, on a, on a journey. I'm fascinated. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the because Christopher Durang, let's give it. He's not, he's not done over here a lot, is he? No, and I don't know why. But he's he's one of those playwrights like Lanford Wilson, who are super famous in America. Ooh, yeah, of course. Yeah. People just don't know them here because all they ever do here is. Um, well, Tennessee Williams, yeah. Arthur Miller. It's a lot of Gina, old American you know, playwrights old, yeah. here. Yeah. Not not so much the more modern American playwrights. Um, I mean, even, I was, yeah, sorry. sorry. I mean, even no. the more modern ones, it's like it's still the same ones mm. done over yeah, and over yeah. and over. I also think, even at the base of it, the complexity of it, we can't undermine that. And I mm. can understand why. Because often, if you think of the drama school process, they prep you for the, you know, the classics. You know, yeah, the classics. that's true. And so... When you're looking at, a, say, a Durang play in a in a um, 
in the, the yearly syllabus? How mm. do you fit that in and get the students to get it as much as they need to in order for them to understand? Mm. I, I, and that's why I think it's uh, when it is done, it's done with the university who tend to have more yeah. time to be able to fit it in mm. than drama school. So mm. therefore, there is a disconnect, but hoping that we do this, it introduces mm. the different audiences newer, fresher audiences, audiences who may not even get 90% of the references mm-hmm. to this, like, I don't know what that's about, but I'd like to, yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. hear about this. But that's, that's been an interesting thing for us, is that uh, most of these plays were written in the 90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so yeah. they had to be updated, quite frankly, yeah. and we did get permission yes. from Christopher Durang, and, you know the references have been updated yeah. now. But also, it was more, you know, the concept of the whole piece, because Megan and I talked about it extensively before we ever came into rehearsals, about what we wanted it to look like, you know, mm. what we wanted people to go away feeling. And, and, and the whole thing is, you know, we're taking these amazing plays, but adding another concept on top of it, where yeah. it's just this whole experience, mm. rather than, you know, somebody sitting and watching six short plays and yeah. going, ha ha ha, that was funny. Yeah. You know, we've, we've got interesting transitions, which I won't give away. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Throw that question yeah. out. <laughs> so I, I think we're being very truthful to Christopher Durang and his intention, but we're making it uh, relevant to a modern audience yeah. and a young audience yeah. as well. Oh. Like you say, Laya, who, who aren't going to get the references. Mm. So that it doesn't even matter anymore if they don't understand some reference from the 90s yeah. for some... Well, it's just mm. so multi-layered yeah. pieces. Mm. And, like, I mean, the, the, the reason why we, like, picked these six short plays is, like, I mean, I think I'm just as, like, bitter and jaded as Christopher Durang is. <laughs> and, um, and so... All these young I feel like something that I would like to see mm-hmm. in theater is um, is the whole like uh, sort of catharsis of uh, the trauma of the entertainment industry mm-hmm. and and in a lot of ways the best way to confront trauma is through humor mm-hmm. and um, and like that's something that I think Durang does especially mm-hmm. well yeah. and um, I don't I don't know many other playwrights that can do it the way he does mm-hmm. um, so I think that that's like bringing that sort of sensibility over um, to, to the London theatre scene. Yeah. That, that was a fun thing, like one of our plays is uh, Business Lunch at the Russian Tea Room mm-hmm. and Megan is playing this horrific Hollywood <laughs> horrific. executive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for Megan, having already lived in the Hollywood mm. world and experienced all of that for years, you know, been right in the thick of it. Yeah. Um, it's just a little too close to home. It's painful yeah. to watch her do it. It's so good. But it's, it's like, like painful. She just kind of slipped right into that character. She yes. knew who she was immediately. So, I mean, it's, it's really fun in that way. And for the audience, it's an education. Yeah. Yes. People, I think uh, we don't give credit for how um, being in the industry means that there's a, almost a veil. Mm-hmm. So some people just, they see us perform, they see us leave. Even your friends, they don't know what you do in a rehearsal room mm-hmm. and what you have to unpack and mm-hmm. what it means to meet agents at random yeah. places. Yeah. Yeah. They, don't, they don't know what that means. Yeah. Hopefully it will, as much as answering questions, it will raise more questions. Yeah. Well for, for, That's a good point. Uh, an audience, yeah. which would be good. Keep wanting more. Absolutely. Is, is it, I mean, I think um, what's fun about uh, kind of a companion piece like this, you know, is that um, 
it, it could sometimes warrant a second viewing, and maybe that's something to, to look forward to. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because you do see th different things, you see them in yeah. different light, because once you get to the actor's nightmare, you might want to go and see, okay, hold on, that was informed by yeah. the first piece. So um, Absolutely. I mean, we've been talking about this during rehearsal, is that we go, oh, that bit is like this play, and yeah. this character relates to that one, and just the mad mind of Christopher Durang seeing repetitions, but also the way we've put it all together, this production is just full of surprises. Yeah. People are not going to get everything in one go, no. you know, and people say, well, what do you want people to get out of it? I want them to walk out the door going, wow, that was so good, I have to see it again. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I mean, we're sitting here on, on the um, tape, on the floor, uh, and you're on at the Park Theatre, mm -hmm. um, Park 200 or Park 90? Park 90. No, that's what it kind of looks like. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and there's lots of tape on the floor. I'm now intrigued. <laughs> there's a lot of tape on this floor, Lydia. This is our floor. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so our set is by uh, an American set and costume designer, Anna Driftmeyer, who's mm -hmm. based in New York, but she's come over for this. I met her in London, worked with her before on Dolphins and Sharks yeah. at the Fimbra. Said so you have to come back again for this because she's just incredible and she's designing this floor for us. Well, I don't even know if I want to give it away with the floor it looks. No, like. no, Listen, no. just to say, there's it's a lot just, of tape it's on the floor. <laughs> well, her it's an amazing the term floor. She's, she's been using is um uh oh surrealist vaudeville. Yes, that's oh. that is how she describes <laughs> our set. Very good. Yeah. It's going to be pretty wild. Excellent and. Um, I mean, I played the part in the round, part 90 in the yeah. round. Is it in the round? You guys in the round? Oh, yes, it is. God bless you. <laughs> I love a play in the round. Come on, we don't do it enough. No. So that, okay, guys, let's talk about in the round because, <laughs> you know, it's an interesting proposition, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, angles and who you can see. Yeah. And, um, have you worked in the round before? I have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've worked around. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I have, but only, but not, not professionally. <laughs> right. Not professionally. Yeah. The, the fun thing though is there's a lot of um, audience interaction in yeah. this piece. Nice. So it really suits being in the round because there is no fourth wall. Yeah. Like we are, we are totally immersed, and like and Anna's done a great job with the design, like carrying the immersion throughout the park. Again, don't want to give away too much, but. Um, Hopefully next week when we do our load-in and everything, it's going to be like, yeah, quite an immersive uh, setting so that the audience really feels every every bit of the piece with us, the good bits and the bad bits. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool that like, the, the fact that it's in the round is built not only into the concept of the piece, but also the language of the piece, like the how often he breaks the fourth wall. It's yeah. not just like a trope, it's something that like the piece inherently wants, yeah. I think, but and it feels yeah. very, it actually feels very natural to, to do it in the round. Yeah, um, a lot sometimes. Of yeah. 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 Sometimes yeah. you get to a blocking bit and you go, ah. <laughs> do we need yeah. to see everyone's faces <laughs> now? Yeah. It has been a challenge, blocking it, because mm. we've had, you know, I've just been constantly thinking of movement and how much of the space we mm. can use, and yeah, you constantly have to think about, oh, I'm seeing your back the whole time, yes. I have to think about that. And well. as much of it as it is, a blessing and a curse for the actor involved. I mean, I, I I do see that and hope that it will lend itself to the audience, just in the sense that you know we don't we we didn't want that feeling of separation, you know, of yeah. the normal mm -hmm. stage of them just sort of looking up at us and sort of you know feeling like you can disconnect. Whereas in the Park Ninety, it's just it's not going to be possible. You know, they are going to be there with us for the whole ride, all the way yeah. through. And I just think that's 
really exciting for you know, yeah. An I mean, anyone who hasn't been to the Barton Dining, especially in the round, it is a brilliant space. Yes, right. Yeah. And it's a great space in the round because you do go on the journey with the actors. I mean, I, yeah. I think it's mm. I think it's a fantastic. I think it's going to be fantastic to see Durang there, and because mm. I, I mean, I haven't seen a play of his for a while, and it was a proscenium march, I think. Mm. I think his plays were um, written for proscenium. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but also, there's no place to hide yeah. in the round, yeah. and that it's yeah. about the actor's nightmare. Yeah. And you know, your your nightmare is there's you're fully exposed. There's no place to hide. Absolutely. And, but also, we're very fortunate that it's a cast that's like diving into that. That no one's. I think we're all. You know, we can get. I know you're an actor. You're nervous, but like everyone's diving into like okay. Yeah. Just gotta give my whole body. Is always going to be on view. My whole heart has to be yeah. into it, which well, is great. Like Stefan said earlier, isn't it, about like when the most important thing is clarity, mm. your nerves kind of are like, I can deal with that later. Can I get this out? And can they understand? Yeah, and that feels mm. much, much more of a better objective than thinking. Oh, even though, yeah, it happens. It's like mm. I just need them to understand because certainly from I know that friends that I have come and will not get a lot of what is going on, but I know they will get what is going on, yeah. if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Enjoy, enjoy yeah. the ride. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and the interesting thing too about being in a small theatre, like Kate was saying, is that the audience is that close and you have to be that real. And yep. these are farces, they are yep. ridiculous comedies, but at the same time, Christopher Durang, who writes copious notes to the actor, <laughs> you know, which are intended for the director too, <laughs> is always saying these are real people in extraordinary situations you know and and that's what we've all been working on is is making these very real characters you know who have a heart who have feelings so that the audience is actually very much engaged with what's mm. going on there's no kind of stepping <clears throat> back and just laughing at somebody you you feel for them i mean yeah. woman stand up yeah. for instance yeah. my goodness mm. that's going to be amazing yeah yeah so when give, give us some dates, Lydia. When 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 are we on? What we are we looking at? The sixteenth of July. Sixteenth of July. Which is Tuesday, and then we're on till the tenth of August. Fantastic. Just before we go, you can say this or not. Uh, I, I mean, I've had the actor's nightmare on stage. You know, where I've completely blanked. Have you guys ever? Um, have you ever done it? And how did you get out? Now you can completely plead the fifth here, and I'm happy. <laughs> have, have you ever had the actor's nightmare for real? I mean, I have it all the time in my dreams, but you know, have yeah. you ever had an actual happen on stage? Oh yeah, oh, uh, I was in a Rattigan play a couple of years ago, and the light was shining in my eyes, and I got like a really something really bad migraine, and I just completely blanked. And then I just spoke to the other character, and it was like, yes. Sorry, what was I saying? <laughs> and he, he was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, yes, that's it. And then just continued. And we oh. were just thought, because luckily for me, her character is so mad anyway. Yeah. It just felt like it was something she was meant to say. So once again, saved yeah. by a brilliant cast member. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had uh, one where I was in a musical, and it was somebody with the, my scene partner, my duet partner, would say a line and I would say something directly in response to what they had just said and they went up on their on their line and uh, said something that was like way down the line and so then I said the thing but then they went so it was ju but also it was on the beat line so, you, so it's not like we could even take a pause and then I look over to the
the to the orchestra pit, and the conductor's like wildly flipping pages, and there's sort of a tuba like just kind of going along, doing notes, hyperventilating. And, oh yeah, I'm just and just and we're dead locked eyes with each other, just like okay, we're gonna ride this out. We're just gonna keep singing. And, and and no one I asked I said to my friends who were in that night, I was like, Oh my god, did you see? And they said, What? Didn't even know. Yeah. Which made me actually really angry. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you not understand that I that's the most terror I've ever felt yeah. in my entire life. Yeah. No, I mean I this is my professional stage debut, so I don't have any professional nightmares, but um Okay, but let's I, just hope she did touch wood. But when when I was at drama school there was and yeah, of course the stakes are not as high, so yeah. it's not as bad, but I I was wearing I was playing a character who um, was meant to be, uh, you know, as you do in drama school, she was meant to be like a 60-year-old, very large woman. Mm. And um, and they stuffed some pillows into me. And um, and in the middle of the scene, the pillows just fell out of my costume. And uh, so there was a lot of, like, trying to gather. And um, I could just see my drama teacher's face. And she was, like, so embarrassed that I hadn't, like, played it off. That I, like, <laughs> And he was like, yeah, she was like, she was, and then I remember in like going feedback session, she was like, I just really thought you would have um, stayed in character when you did it. She was like, so you're like, I'm sorry, I panicked. Oh, man. I don't want to, I don't want to jinx myself. I actually have been very fortunate on, in terms of performances, but I did have one. You guys I know. I did have one in an audition though that still haunts me, which is, uh, yeah. So I mean, I'm sure you know that you know you you have to do sort of RP sometimes here, and as an American, that's something that can sometimes be you know a a demon that you have to battle with, or it can be your friend. And uh, I went to this audition. I was doing an RP uh, accent, and it was a couple rounds, as it is. And I did the first round. They loved it. Uh, you know, and they were like, great, if you could just, I think I came back for the second, they loved it, then the third round, come back in for the final, me and this other guy, I go in, I'm like really ready for it, I do this speech, they're like, that is fantastic, now if we could just hear it in RP, that would be great. <gasps> and I went, yeah, abs- of course, because as you do, as an actor, in my mind, I've been doing it in RP, yeah. flawless oh, yeah. RP, since yeah. the beginning. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, it's, it's, you, were, you were like, you were Ian McKellen. And I, just, and I just went, and I don't know why I did this, but I turned around to like prepare. I don't know why I did that. I turned around, and it's that thing where I came back and I just did it sort of f- <laughs> further. And it's like I can still, this was like six years ago, and I can still see yeah. one by one, and it all dawned on their faces yeah. one by one. And it was just afterwards, they all just went, Thank you very much. Oh, you know, and you just go, great. Nice. Secondhand embarrassment. Man, that is, that is the actor's nightmare. Like, that is, you did it, Stan. You did it. You did it. I feel anxious. I feel physically um, Guys, listen, break legs. Thank you so much for sitting down and chatting to me. And um, I'll put everything in the show notes where you can go and see it. And um, have a great one. Thank The Company of the Actor's Nightmare, which you can watch tonight, and uh, until August the 10th, at the Park Theatre uh, at Finsbury Park in London. Now before I go, just a few housekeeping notes. If you are a theatre professional, head on over to curtaincallonline.com and sign up for a free profile page. All you have to do is uh, create an account 
with an email address, make up a cool password, away you go. It's basically having your own website, but it starts connecting to everybody else. It's pretty awesome. We're proud of it. You can follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Curtain Call. Follow me at John Schwab, uh, J-O-H-N-S-C-H-W-A-B. We'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast. Get in touch with us via any of the social media platforms I just mentioned or write to me personally at john at curtaincallonline.com. It just leaves me to say a huge thank you to Lydia Parker, Megan Martin, Leo Christina Akinlude, Stefan Manuel, and Kate Sumter, and everyone at Three Hearts Canvas Theatre Company for making this episode happen. For tickets, go to parktheatre.co.uk. This plays until the 10th of August, and I cannot wait to see it. I have to end this episode on the 16th of July, 2019, uh, saying a huge happy 25th anniversary to my beautiful, stunning, and just the most amazing woman, Tamsin Schwab, my wife, 25 years married today. Thank you so much, lovely. I love you. Uh, And I'm sorry to get all soppy at the end of the podcast, but I couldn't do it without mentioning you. I love you. Anyway, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, and I will catch you all next week. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.